All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Thursday, September 21st of 2023 here. Football is back for the start of week three. We have the Giants and 49ers in a showdown slate uh, later tonight. We have a seven-game MLB main slate. Then we had a two-game MLB early slate already underway, so good luck to all of you in that contest. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at Saber Sims, the show where we go over how to use the Saber Sim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Second of all, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, want to get access to that channel, there is a link to join in the description of this video. You get access to our similar channel, see when lineups are released, see when Sims run, see when players are scratched, see when new Sims run for that updated news, get access to our individual sport channels, get access to our release notes channel. A uh, new update to the app just went live. Not like not like a huge update, but some bug fixes, some new features. Uh, the bulk trashing icon that I have been talking so much about is now in the app. We could probably display that a little later in the show here, but you get access to all that information and no, get to know what's going on. So can't say enough good things about the Discord. But uh, as always, we get to all the questions before the end of the show. Appreciate your guys' patience as we work through them all here. Before we get started, just wanted to remind you guys, you know, week three NFL is upon us here. So have to remind you guys, if you guys are not participating in the NFL Max Challenge, our promotion giveaway for the NFL season here, uh, still time to join, right? The link to this page is in the description of this video, you just click this enter to challenge button at the top or bottom of the page here. Get access to all these weekly prizes. If you win the mini max, if you are the top finisher, or hey, we're even giving away prizes to one random participant each and every week. You get access to all of our season long prizes. We have a 10 week option and a full season option. All you have to do is use the Saberson logo as your avatar on DraftKings, fill out our form, and then max enter one of the mini max contests on a DraftKings main slate. But that is all that it takes to get access to a bunch of awesome prizes. But with that said, going to get Saberson pulled back up here, and we are going to get kicked off with the questions that came in in the Office Hours channel first. I'm just going to kick off a build here so we can have some lineups to work with once we get into these questions here. So looks like first question came in yesterday. Uh, there was actually like a lot of back and forth about this, so I, I do want to cover it. But question from Gary here, and it looks like I you know answered the question. But there were a couple users jumping in on this thread here, so if you guys want to read that, it's in the Office Hours channel. But question said, I've watched the videos on the on these topics, but for some reason this isn't sticking in my head. For sim diversity, lower number on the slider means more range of sim sample question mark and a higher number on the slider would mean a smaller pool of sims. For correlation slider, same type of question. Higher number on the slider means using more lineups that have positive correlation for sim pool, question mark. And lower number on the slider would mean more focusing on raw projections and less on correlation. Okay, so really the question is kind of asking like, hey, you know, can you break down the correlation in sim diversity sliders for us? Uh, and I could totally do that. So easiest thing here is to start at the ends and work your way toward the middle. So we're going to talk about Sim Diversity Zero. Sim Diversity Zero, what this does is it uses all of the Sims in the simulation database. Uh, the average projections that you see in the home screen, in the My Proj column, in the SS projection column, 
is the player's average score across all of the sims. So what's going to happen is that at sim diversity zero, the builder is going to use the average projection that the player scores here. Uh, we're looking at captain, so that's going to be the 1.5x. But if we go to flex here, we're going to see the actual projection from the sim. So if I click on Brock Purdy, on across all of the sims in this range of outcomes, Brock Purdy's mean score is 17.33 points. So that is the number that we will use here when we go to um, build your lineups, right? And I had that adjusted. It's actually 17.96 here. But anyways, that's what's happening at Sim Diversity 0. At Sim Diversity 10, jumping to the other side of the spectrum, what we are going to do is use a single game simulation from the thousands. We're going to just pluck one out, and then we are going to play that game out, play by play, and then we are going to build the best possible lineup from that one sim insert it into your pool. So that's zero, that's 10. What happens in between is a sliding scale. We go from all the sims to, to less sims at one to fewer sims at two, all the way to nine, where we are using a very small random sample of sims here to build your lineups. And then at 10, we're going down to one. So think of, you know, a couple thousand at zero and then, you know, uh, less and less and less and then by nine you know we might be only using a handful of sims we might only be using five sims or something like that right i don't know the exact number how that works here but but that's the way to think about it and then with correlation correlation is is different right so what correlation does first off you could see that correlation uh coefficients here within the app so like hey brock purdy is highly correlated to brandon iu george kittle uh, debo samuel all of his main pass catchers right that makes a lot of sense but one thing that we're doing with our correlation slider that's not being displayed in this uh, pop-up here, we, we're actually focusing and we're zoning in on the correlations that Brock Purdy has to the other players in the game when he has a high-scoring game. So if Brock Purdy, you know, has a 25th percentile outcome where he scores, you know, well below his mean, uh, does very poorly in the Sims, chances are he's probably not going to make it into that lineup for that one Sim on average, right? Uh, we don't really care how Brock Purdy correlates to the other players in, in his game when he has that really, really low scoring outcome, right? We care about his upside, right? Uh, this makes a little more sense for classic slates here where we're looking at, you know, lots of games on a slate as opposed to just one here. So, um, you know, take it from the lens of a classic slate here because correlation is turned off for this showdown. But when, when you know, when Brock Purdy does, does good, when he has a high upside outcome, then we want to know how he does that, how the other players in the game do when he has that really high outcome, right? So, so we're using upside correlation whenever correlation is turned on here. So when correlation is at six, you know, at a high value, what happens is like, Hey, Brock Purdy had a good game. We're actually artificially um, inflating how some of the highest correlated players to Brock Purdy do think about it as like a multiplier. And that's really to just emphasize the need for stacking, right? Emphasize stacking, uh, capitalize on it. You're going to get some natural correlation in the play-by-play -play Sims, but uh, we understand that, you know, stacking is important and you get a compounding effect from doing that. So we want to basically push the builder to stack a little bit more, which is what the correlation slider does here. But uh, was a good back and forth. If you guys have any follow-up on that, just let me know. All right, next question here. Question says, is there a way to make rules for when a player is not in a lineup 
if exactly zero player X, then play player Y. Um, there's not a good way to do this. And the reasoning for that is there are ways to do if-then rules. So if you go to group, you go to manual or automatic. It doesn't really matter here. So if I change use to if, so if I say if at least one of player X, you know, then then use player Y or don't use player Y, et cetera here, right? I can, I can write the rule in reverse. But if you try to go to if exactly zero here, then it's not going to work right. And, and the reason for this is because the lineup was already built. Like you need to, you need to create the lineup to, to look at this rule. But the way lineup rules work is they work as an input into the lineup. So, so there's a little bit of a um, inconsistency with the timing here. So what you're talking about is a rule that basically looks uh, that works after the lineup is created, but but the way the rules work is before the lineup is created. So that's why you can't write a rule that says if exactly zero, then use then use you know player Y. What what that would be saying is like, hey, the lineup is built. You know, recheck the lineup, and then if the lineup doesn't have that player, then go and alter the lineup. And that's kind of not the way the logic works here. So you can write it the opposite, like, hey, if player Y, then don't use player X but your primary group of players always has to have a player in it. So hope that clears up any confusion as to why if exactly zero would not work in this instance. All right, question from Joe. Joe said, can you please explain the lineup alerts in Discord? Is it an automatic process or does someone need to initiate it behind the scenes? Is it simming millions of games at once? Just curious. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think this is a great question. So, our sims are automated. Um, this, you know, is is one of the things that we're really proud of. Uh, we pick up news and we automatically kick off sims, and the builder is handling that. You know, that's that's all of our team. You know, shout out to Matt and Ben and all of our engineers on the back end, making sure all of that works works great in NBA season, right? Uh, someone doesn't have to be manually sitting there and then uh, you know possibly misses news or something like that. Uh, so all of that is automated. The, what you see in the lineup alerts channels is just a reflection of what sims are currently going. And then every time you see that alert, we are running thousands and thousands of sims for each individual game. So if you see 10 games kick off, you know, we might be running 5,000 sims of each game. So we're running 50,000 sims simultaneously here. So that is what is going on. And that is what the lineup alerts channel is reflecting. Okay, uh, question from Sammy here. It looks like this is a two-parter, so just going to hit this one at a time. Question says, hey, Andrew, what will be the approach of using SaberSim for the free contest on DK and slash or FanDuel? Does that fall under winner-take-all type set when building for them? Will they also fall under single-entry three-max tab that Jordan explained before? Keep it even tighter due to the higher entry threshold. Thanks. Okay. Uh, great question. Kind of a question. Just like, Hey, how do you handle the free contests? So uh, those contests, you know, you might enter them early in the week. And then by the end of the week, they have, you know, way more entrance than, than at the times. So it's like basically unlimited entrance. Usually those contests are single entry. I would just, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do an individual build for them, I would just set it at single entry greater than 50 K just to, you know, um, that way you don't ever have to go back and redo this if the entries get really high here. But in general, I am just 
putting this lineup as a lineup in my set of single entry lineups for any given slate. I'm not optimizing for this contest since it's free. It's kind of just a, uh, you know, nice to have on the other end here, but I'm mostly just doing all my work based on the other contest that I'm playing. I'm either duplicating a lineup into this contest or, or just uh, making it part of my portfolio, but I'm not contest simming for this contest. I'm not, you know, doing anything special in regards to it. I'm focusing on my pay to play contests more than anything. All right. Next question here. Question says on a two game slate by default correlation slider won't go any higher than two. If for example, bump to five to seven, will that be too high by default should be able to handle the stack exposures in comparison to other afternoon, early main slates. Okay. So kind of a question about correlation slider on small slates here. Um, I, I would say that, you know, the reason that it's lower is that the less and less games on the slate, the more and more closer you're going to move towards needing an optimal lineup to win here. So that's why we don't want to artificially inflate correlation too high. We want to allow for more of the play-by-play -play sims to be used, more of the outcomes from that. So we, we're still putting a small weight on correlation, but at two, it is a value of low, and we're happy with that. We're getting like just some correlation being forced there, but still relying very heavily on the play-by-play -play sims, as opposed to a big classic slate where the correlation is going to get up to, you know, six, seven, uh, you know, a much higher value because you're never going to need anything close to the optimal on a big NFL classic slate. Uh, you know, you're just going to need to build a winning lineup. So that's the, one of the reasons for the big difference there. All right. Another question from Tammy question says, I know Syracuse does not have two to four stacks set up, but if I would like to play that as a leverage, what would be the close way, uh, similar way? So I'm not sure what two to four stack setup means here. Um, if you can let me know what sport and what exactly you're talking about is, uh, that would be great here. So, you know, if you're talking about like a showdown, we do have the team stacks option where you can go in and set, you know, how many Giants two stacks versus for San Francisco four stacks or San Francisco um, you know, two stacks versus New York Giants four stacks, right? So you can control this on a stack by stack basis under the team stacks. Maybe that's what you're referring to. But if I'm not understanding you, you correctly, just let me know. All right. Question from uh, Jay Stanger here. It's a little bit of a long one. So we'll just work through this slowly. Question says, question about feeling contests with unique random. Occasionally when I enter the 20 max dime contest, if I notice the top payouts are less than what I'm spending overall on a slate, I will enter those lineups more than once. So for example, if I have 190 MME lineups, I need, I will build 170 so that in theory, those, those get used twice, twice. First question, when filling my lineups with unique random, does this at all guarantee that all my dime entry lineups would be in other contests as well? Or could I potentially get two of the same entries in the same contest? Likewise, does it make any difference if I first select the contest without the dime entry and fill those first and then afterwards just select the dime entry and fill unique random from that same build or is there no difference? Okay, and then second part of it said, 
at a quick glance, it seems to be doing what I'm expecting, but I'm also not checking every slate where the 20 duplicate lineups end up. Okay. So good question here. So what I, you know, I don't have a CSV uploaded yet here at the moment, which is going to make it a little hard to explain. Um, what can we do here? Let's go back to week one NFL. I'm pretty sure I have a CSV uploaded for this. So this will make it a lot easier to explain with I when I have the CSV here. So what I'm going to do is change the number of my line. Okay, so let's look at the CSV. So this was like uh, the all the contests that I played week one of the NFL here. So the question is basically saying like, hey, let's say I have a 150 max contest and then I have two 20 max contests. This, this is actually a great example. So I have 150 max here. I have a 20 max and then I have another 20 max, but you know what? I don't really care too much about the price to first here. So what I would rather do is I would rather just build 170 lineups for the top two contests and then basically duplicate the lineups into this third one here. So what I would do in that instance is set my number of lineups to 170 and then I would go to save contest. And then when I fill unique random, what's going to happen is that the builder is going to use each lineup once before duplicating any any other lineup here, right? So it's going to look at these. It's going to say, hey, I'm going to use the 170 unique entries, and then I'm going to duplicate the last 20. Uh, one thing that it's not going to do, it is not going to use the same entry in a contest twice. So it's going to put 150 in this 150 max. It's going to put 20 in one of these 20 maxes, and then it's going to duplicate the other 20, right? So one lineup is not going to go in the 150 max two times. It's not going to do that. So so a couple ways you could do this, right? Um, one, one of the ways that I like to do this, so you can do this with unique random, right? Uh, fill these contests. Uh, it's going to tell you like, hey, there's not enough entries. Do you want to duplicate those? You click yes, and then it does what you want, right? And then it's going to reflect the build that I used uh, and the timestamp here. One thing that I like to do, is I like to say, okay, you know, I only need 170 for the two contests that I'm using. So I would just unique random those. And then I would just go back in here. And then for the last one, I would just use unique rank here. And basically the reason for this is that, hey, you know, I don't care too much about the price of first here, but I just want to put my best lineups in it. So I'm just going to use unique rank, put my top 20 lineups in this last one and then fill that there. So that's one way to do it uh, if, you, if you don't care about going back in here. But you can also unique random it, and then the duplicate lineups will end up in in separate contests here. So it'll probably duplicate, you know, some lineups from the one. It could duplicate 10 from the 150 into the last 20 max, and then 10 from the 20 max into the last 20 max. It could, you know, do some other type of split here. But it's but But that is ultimately how it's working. So I hope that answers your question. All right, next question from X Factor. Question says, quick question regarding small slates, such as the early two-game MLB slate today. Any suggestion on using min uniques with, let's say, four to five lineup entries? Should you still do it the same way you would for a bigger slate to differentiate? Okay, good question. Going to go back to today, and we can just 
go over to the two-game MLB slate or the early slate that kicked off earlier today. So one thing in general, just to remember, is that you know the less games on the slate, the less menu needs you're going to be able to get to, right? There are just less players in the player pool overall here so on a big classic slate you know you might be able to get to eight min uniques um seven min uniques something like that on these smaller slates you know it's okay to get to less and the way that i like to judge this well one way you can do it is with a contest sim right so if you're running your contest sim uh something that i've talked about here is running your contest sim and then using the roi number as a floor and saying, I don't want to go past this number, right? So although you might be sorting by a different metric, maybe you're sorting by risk adjusted ROI or something like that. You're going to use that ROI number to say, Hey, I don't want to go below this point with any lineup, right? So that will basically dictate how many min uniques you use for the slate. But I think on average, you're just going to see that you're going to get to less min uniques overall here, which is okay. Another thing here that I want to mention is the less lineups you're playing, the more min uniques you can get to because you have a higher lineup to pool ratio, right? So if I'm playing 150 lineups and I only have 500 lineups in my pool, well, well, my ratio is about, you know, a little more than three to one, right? Like three and a third to one from lineups I'm playing to lineups in my pool. Well, when I'm playing, you know, five lineups, all of a sudden that ratio is one to a hundred, right? I have one lineup I'm playing for every hundred lineups in my pool. So in that case, you know, you're going to be able to get to a higher number of min uniques. I almost think that the less lineups you're playing, the more differentiated you want to be here. Uh, that way, if if one lineup, you know, does poorly, you have a pitcher that doesn't do well, it doesn't sink all of your lineups. Uh, I, I think that, you know, playing four to five lineups on average probably doesn't follow the profit plan here. So I would recommend, you know, checking out the DFS profit plan putting in a mix of lineups of mix of 20 max, 150 max, a mix of one of, of single entry and three max and getting a proper portfolio here. But if you're only doing four to five, I think that's even more reason to differentiate the lineups that you're playing. All right. Uh, this is a good question here from hammer. Hammer said, is there any additional research we need to perform that is not already taken care of by Mighty Sabersim outside of adjusting exposures, ownership, etc. here? Okay, good question. So, so is there any additional research you need to do? No. Is there any additional research that you can do? Yes. And this is re really where, you know, we get questions all the time like, hey, you know, I see certain players, you know, doing really well, crushing. Um, it looks like they're winning a lot. You know, what, what are they doing? And and SaberSim is a great product in and of itself. It's going to help you to build lineups that are competitive, that have a good chance of taking down a contest on any given night. There are things that you can do on top of what SaberSim provides that help you to add value to the process, right? And I think that's what a lot of winning players are doing. They're using the base inputs, but then they're finding ways to add value on top of that. Max and I talk a lot about that in our week reviews, you know, talking about, um, how to add value to NFL process, right? Max made a comment saying like, Hey, something he looks at a lot is, is fumbles and see and seeing, you know, our coach is going to basically take snaps away from a player because of fumbles. And is that not being reflected in the projections, right? We talked a lot about it in our week two slate review here. Uh, check this video out. If you haven't seen it, I've talked a lot about that in basketball. It's something I do a lot for basketball here. If you go down to our, NBA daily fantasy basketball playlist here. Uh, one of the 
one of the videos here was a video Jordan and I did. And then it says, let me see if I can find it. Um, so, so this is an older video here, how to be daily fantasy basketball, like an NBA DFS pro. This is a video Max did. I think that's a great video here. I want to see if I can find it. Uh, okay. It's going to be in the, how to beat NBA DFS in 2022. It says up, upgrade your NBA DFS process with this NBA research strategy. This is a video Jordan did, uh, with myself here talking about research. I do for NBA slates. Like this is, you know, research outside of Savers and trying to get an edge, trying to, find where projections may be inefficient and capitalize on that edge here. So is there research you can do? Yes. The builder does a great job of capturing the like 98% of the information, but then there's still some information really just due to like sample size or uncertainty here that I think you can uh, capture and, and use in an efficient way here. So check out some of those videos. You know, we try and make those videos available to you guys to help you with this additional research and give you guys some ideas about where to start. All right. Next question here from Point Blank. Question says, I see that we have the ability to run five contest sims at once. If I'm entering 250 lineups for tonight's showdown in various different contest types, 150 man, 20 man, three man, single entry, and wanted to sort them all by flagship ROI or risk-adjusted ROI, would running the other contest sims matter? Or does that only help if I wanted to sort them by different contest type, maybe deleting each lineup from the builder after I use it? Okay, so I think this is actually a great opportunity here to um, just to, to talk about this here. So let's say that I'm playing this two-game early slate, right? And I have a number of contest sims here. So I have contest sim one i have contest sim flagship mme i'll just run these two i think we can display this with two but it works the same all the way up to five here so once these contest sims run i talked about a little bit about this yesterday but when you're running multiple contest sims i think it's a great opportunity to use compact mode here so if you go to the menu in the top right you go to compact lineups mode it's going to show the lineups in a little bit of a different view here where it makes it very easy to compare the summary statistics or the metrics that get popped up, right? So I can easily come in here. I can sort by risk-adjusted ROI, highest to lowest. I can pick, you know, the number of lineups that I need. And then I can go to my contest file. I can save those here. And then I can move to the next um, sorting method that I want, sort those accordingly, and then and then go from there, right? And then I, I like this feature a lot here. Um, we did introduce a bulk trashing feature, which I'm actually not seeing right now, but it was in the release notes. So I will figure out how to use that here and then display that on tomorrow's show. Bulk trash feature demo tomorrow. So just making a note for myself there. Um, but, but basically, you know, this is like my favorite way to run multiple contest sims compare the the contest sim metrics, fill the lineups, and then move to the next sorting metric that I want here. And then I'm seeing a little bug here uh, where in compact mode, the sim metrics are sorting inversely by default here. Sort inverse. You're making notes. So like, for instance, when I go from flagship risk adjusted ROI, to this other one it's sorting like ascending here where it's showing the the lowest ranked and then so just click that and then we'll do the opposite i'll, I'll make a note to the team here to let them know about that 
But um, but yeah, so this is the way that I would do it if I had multiple contest sims and then deleting the lineups as I go, right? Fill one contest, delete all the lineups, fill the next set of contests, and then delete those if you have more and more to fill. That way you get a unique entry for every, a unique lineup for every entry here. So just going to turn that off, reopen up the player table here. Next question from Gary. Gary said, Hey, Andrew, more of a feature request. Is there any way to see your inputs for the Sims? Meaning, would there be a way to either show or give access to edit fields that impact the Sims for NFL for things like snap percent, target share, et cetera, for NBA potentially like usage and minutes, et cetera? Okay, so uh, good question here. So right now you get to see the summary statistics from the Sims. Like, hey, this is how many Sims they got on average. I'm, I'm sorry. This is how many strikeouts they got on average. This is how many hits they got on average. This is how many pitches they threw on average, right? There's no way to directly affect that information here. So I can definitely take this back to the team as a feature request. Um, you know, uh, basically, what would be the word here? Uh, affect sim inputs. Affect sim inputs here. And then see what those return on the other side here. So definitely one I've seen before. Uh, happy to take that back to the team. Next question here. This is our last question in the Office Hour channel, and then we're going to jump over to the YouTube chat. I know plenty of you guys are waiting patiently. I really appreciate it. All right. Considering there will be a tropical storm over the weekend, how much do the Sims consider bad weather for games? Good question here. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about, you know, MLB specifically here. So we account for wind, wind speed, wind direction, temperature, um, and then and then environmental factors, right, for like, ballparks, et cetera, here. So, like, we understand how Coors plays. We understand, you know, how uh, Mexico plays when they go do the Mexico game, right? Uh, things like that. We're, we're capturing all that information. I think that, you know, one thing that um, – what's the word I'm looking for? That the models don't take into account well is, like, yeah, they capture all of the weather components, but they don't capture how the game script is going to change. I think my favorite example is the Bills-Patriots game. Oh gosh, this might have been two seasons ago now, but basically it was a terrible weather game. The snow was just coming down like super hard. And I think the Patriots threw the ball three times in the entire game. Damien Harris just, just ran the ball every single time. He ran really well. He had a huge game and the Patriots just were not going to throw the ball. Uh, it is, it is those things that I think that the sim will not capture. And that is really hey, how is the coach or how is the team going to adjust their strategy for the weather conditions? And I think that is what users of the app here can add value into the app by doing, right? Like, hey, we understand, you know, the, the pass rate versus rush rate for these teams for this season, for the last couple of seasons, you know, for, for however long our, our database goes back, uh, we're using those as inputs, right. And, and adjusting accordingly, waiting the most recent data more, and then waiting the, the more historic data, data less here. But when you have this, you know, crazy event, this crazy weather event that is going to cause coaches to change up their game plan here, the same isn't going to capture that well. And I think that's an opportunity for, for you guys to add some value to the process and adjust projections and, and do things like that to account for that. So great question here. 
All right, jumping over to the YouTube chat. Uh, first question came from Gerald. Gerald said, hello. I just purchased SaberSim and I'm having a very hard time understanding how to use it. I'm coming from labs type optimizers. Also, does it, the app go to a bigger page to view more than one lineup? Okay, hey, uh, first off, welcome. Glad you found this show. I'm happy to help you out here. So our, our support library is going to be the best resource for you here. Like if you're just signed up with SaberSim, you know, trying to get a feel for how this works, a couple of good resources. Go to the top right corner, go to menu. Uh, I'm sorry, the top right menu here, go to help. And then this will open up our support library. This getting started video is a great video to watch, to just see somebody use the app from start to finish and how to build lineups. We have a lot of great sports specific content on our YouTube channel. If you want to watch lineups being built for NFL, you know, go to NFL, go to our how to beat NFL DFS in 2023 playlist here, and then go to, uh, how to beat NFL DFS in 2023. This is going to be a video walking that Jordan walks through a classic slate build from start to finish here, right? And gives you some ideas about different things to look for in the app, how to use the app, et cetera, here, right? So our support library is going to be awesome resource. And then next question was, how do you uh, go, view more than one lineup per page? So you can do that two ways here. Uh, close the player menu, and then it will allow you to see it, you know, th up to three lineups here at a time. You can scroll through them. Or what you could do is use that lineup compact mode that I mentioned earlier here in the menu, turn compact lineup mode on. And then when you do this, you will see a, a lot of lineups at once. And then you'll be able to look more at the metrics and, you know, the, the, the summary statistic information of the lineups, right? If you want to see the stacks, if you want to see the uh, sort by projected score, if you want to sort by cumulative ownership, right? All of these things are going to help you to look at more than one lineup at once here. So a couple options for that. And then those are going to be the best ways to do that. But if you have any more questions while you're on your trial, uh, let us know. I will be here, you know, all week, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. All right. DJ Sirius said, not sure if this is possible or if I am missing something. Can you create rules by position? For example, pair captain quarterback with at least two wide receivers, tight ends, kickers from the same team, and then running back with pair captain quarterback with at least one quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end from the opponent. Okay. So when you do this, we go off of the positions that DraftKings assigns for the players. So when you go to a classic slate, there are quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defenses, right? When you go to a showdown, there is only flexes and captains. So you're not going to be able to do positional rules in showdown, but you can do it as a manual rule. So what you just said, so let's, let's do an example. So we'll go to lineup rules. We'll go to add new rule. We're going to go to group. We're going to go to manual here and then we're going to be able to select the players that we want and then the first example was pair a captain quarterback with at least two wide receivers tight ends kickers from the same team so what i would do is go to instead of use i would go to if and then i'm going to say if at least one and then i'm going to go to uh let's say brock purdy for example so captain quarterback here and then it's going to say then use at least and we said two I'm going to go to secondary players. I'm going to make sure I go over to flex. I'm going to filter for just San Francisco here. And then it was two wide receivers, tight ends, kickers. So no running backs here. So then what I can do is just uh, scroll through here. I'm going to scroll by, by projection here. So I'm going to go Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. Kicker is Jake Moody, Jawan Jennings. And then I can even in add Charlie Warner, Ross Dwelly, 
Ray Ray McLeod, right? Basically every wide receiver tight end that is projected. And then when I go back to my rule here, all those players are going to be in the secondary player. So, hey, if Brock Purdy captain, then use at least two of these players that I put into this rule. So that is how you would write the rule. You're going to have to write them as manual rules for the captain showdown mode. All right, scrolling down here. Next question from John. John said, considering, oh, wait, uh, already got that one. So John uh, just answered that via your message in the Discord here. So if you missed that, just rewind a little bit and the answer will be there. All right, Timothy said, what is the difference between ROI and risk-adjusted ROI? Great question. So the difference here is that, and did we run it for this? Uh, we might have run it for this. So the the difference is going to be that all, okay, so so it's better to do an example. So say I have two lineups that both have 100% R, SIM ROI. The ROI is just looking at, hey, how did this lineup do across all of the contest SIMs? And it's summing up how much money that lineup returned on average or, or overall the contest SIMs, right? Which would be that 100% SIM ROI. You can have another SIM ROI lineup and the two lineups in total can have different risk-adjusted ROIs. What risk-adjusted ROI is, is it is the omega ratio of the lineup. Uh, the omega ratio is a formula that basically looks at how often a lineup wins and how much it wins when it wins versus how often the lineup loses and how much the lineup loses when it loses. So, for instance, these two lineups, one of them could have binked three times and never, ever cashed again. The other one could have binked once and then had a number of a number of times where it finished above the cash line, you know, in the top five percentile in the top one percentile, but, but not winning. Right. So between the two lineups, one has a lot more risk than the other one does on average, because although we're contesting these a hundred thousand times, the line, the game is still only playing out one single time in real life. Right. So that assumes a lot of risk. So in that instance, the lineup that only being once, but finished in the top percentile is a lot more, will have a lower risk or, will have a better risk-adjusted ROI score. We are displaying that as a higher percent. So the higher the risk-adjusted ROI, the, the better that lineup is, but the lower the omega ratio is overall here. So that is what the difference is. So high risk-adjusted ROI is going to be better when you have two lineups of the same actual ROI. All right. Question from William said, is there a way to see our own custom metrics when reviewing past contests in lineup review? Example would be GeoMe. Um, I don't think there's a way to do this, but I think that's a pretty cool feature. So let me let me make a note. So um, custom metrics available contest flashback. I think that's actually a really cool idea. So if that's not in there, I will take that back to the team as a feature request. All right, Gerald said, does Saberson naturally build secondary stacks or do we have to make a rule? So great thing about Saberson is that you do not need to make any rules, really. Like, I don't use any rules. A lot of top players that use Saberson that are part of Saberson do not use any rules. Uh, our correlation slider is going to capture that for you here. So if I were to just go to the upcoming main slate here, run a default build, I'm not, I, I don't have any rules here, nothing active and I go to just build 500 lineups, you're going to see the correlation slider is set to six. The Saber Sim Builder understands that you need upside to win 
you can uh, you can capture upside via correlation. So it's going to naturally build stacks, quarterback stacks of varying size. It's going to build naturally uh, natural secondary stacks of varying size, maybe a two-team stack without a quarterback, maybe a mini game stack with a 1-1, right? So it'll build you, you know, running back defense correlations, uh, mini game stack between receivers. It'll build you primary stacks, right? All without any rules needing to be set. So that is how we, you know, that's one of our big things. Like we are a optimizer where you do not need to come in and set a bunch of group rules and stacking rules to get lineups that look remotely close to what you want, right? A lot of these things are going to be built automatically for you here. And we can see it, right? Uh, we have this mini Drake London, Amon Ross St. Brown secondary stack. We have this QB plus two chief stack with Pacheco and Kelsey, right? So you can go to your stack exposures after a build is ran. You can look at your primary stacks, you know, how often they're coming up in your pool, what what size, uh, what stacks are coming up most in your top 20 lineups. You can go to your secondary stacks, do the same exact thing, right? So we have a we have secondary stack in 12 out of the 20 top lineups, and then we have a many secondary stacks across our entire pool. About 80% of our pool here has a secondary stack. So these are all, you know, ways to see what the builder is doing naturally. All right. Uh, DJ Sirius said, got it. Thank you, sir. Yeah, man. Happy to help out. Uh, that was actually our last question. We are all caught up with questions here in the Office Hours channel and the YouTube chat. Appreciate everybody asking questions. Felt like there were a ton of questions today. But I, I know that, you know, Thursday is a little bit busier with NFL returning here. So happy to get you guys answers ahead of the Thursday kickoff here. We'll be right back here tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. For our last show of the week, if you guys have questions, tomorrow's the day to get those answered, or else you're going to have to wait until Monday here. A uh, couple couple things that I did want to mention, or actually just really one thing here before we get off. Uh, we did re-add owner's box. Um, you know, we we uh, have been working with our team behind the scenes here to uh, just kind of get on the same page and, and make everyone happy here. And owner's box has returned. So the owner's box main slate is going to be back for this week. The owner's box single game slate for tonight is going to be back in the app. Uh, we did also add, which we can see here, we, we do have ownership now for owner's box. So previously with owner's box, we did not have ownership. So owners ownership is back is, is in the app now as well. So I know a lot of people uh, were, were sad to see it go. Well, it, it, it has returned. Our team has reached out to everybody via email as well here. So I just wanted to let you guys know about that, but looks like Gerald has one more question. Happy to hang around and answer your question but did want to call that out. And um, also, you know, don't forget to sign up for the mini max ahead of this weekend. I did mention it at the beginning of the show, but did want to mention it again here as well. So while we wait here for Gerald um, question says, how does other projections affect Saberson? Okay. Good question here. So we're aware of, projections across the industry. We do have, you know, I'll call it like um, safeguards or sanity checks in place uh, to make us aware of, of where, you know, we may be way off from the market. That's really to like, let us know, Hey, like, are we missing something? Like for instance, you know, say we were still projecting Saquon Barkley for today, we would get an alert and be like, Hey, you know, we're, we're way off um, our Saquon Barkley projection. Why is that? And that'll, that'll just, give us an idea to let us know to go and look like, Oh, you know, Saquon Barkley is out and we're, there's some news that he's out today and we're still projecting him. So, so we have those sanity checks in place, but we ultimately, you know, we, we um, think our play-by-play -play Sims are really good here. You might see us taking some stands against Vegas here. 
ultimately we're okay with that. And we are, you know, approving those stands and standing behind those projections. So, uh, you know, we're aware of other projections in the industry, but they're ultimately not directly affecting us too much here, but great question. I, uh, that that'll be the last question for the show today, guys. Take care. Go out in your contest tonight. Enjoy some football. I will see you all tomorrow. Thanks. Bye.